there. Welcome to the How to Market Your Horse Business Podcast. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Now, as you've likely guessed, my name is Denise Alvarez, and I get to host you here every week, and I'm so glad you're joining me. You get to meet my new friend, Emily Urban, who I will share about in just a bit. But before I do that, in case you and I are new friends, I always love to share just a little bit about myself so that you know who is talking to you on the other side of the mic, right? So as I said, Denise Alvarez is my name, and through my business, Storm Lily Marketing, I get to help horse business owners like you turn your website visitors into your customers. I do that through coaching as well as website design and content, email marketing strategy, and social stride, my monthly coaching program. And I do those things as well as the podcast because my heart is to be able to equip you to do marketing well, break it down and make it practical, actionable, and doable so that you can spend your time doing what you love to do, the reason you started your business in the first place, right? because you want to be out with horses, serving horse people, creating horse products and services. So on this podcast, I will share with you step-by-step strategies as well as basic how-tos so that you can not only see what's possible for your business, but to help you make it happen. And today I have the pleasure of inviting a new friend onto the podcast to share some things about what she has learned and her experiences. So as you saw in the episode title, we're talking about how you can build the business you want from the start. Because Emily's heart, as you will hear as she shares her story, is to help those of you who have a business or maybe are wanting to start a business or start a new avenue of business, and you want it to be a business that you're going to love for the long term, right? So many horse business owners, I hear it often, they run into burnout, they get exhausted, because they didn't think ahead of time, what really do I want here? What does success look like for me? What are some practical ways I can be intentional to create the business that I know I'm going to love in five years and 10 years from now, right? As it grows, I want to grow with it. And so I want Emily to come on here. I invited her to come on and share some of her experience because she really has a heart to share with what she has learned with people who are coming up behind her. Right now, it's young writers who are wanting to be in the professional equine industry. They want to become professionals in some way. But she, what she's sharing I'm telling you, you're going to love because it applies no matter what area or avenue of the industry you're moving into, because it's really about strategy. It's really about being intentional. So she's going to share with you some specific questions that she asks, some specific things that you can do to make sure that you are creating a business that you love from the start. So without further ado, I'd love for you to meet Emily Urban. So here is our interview. Okay, Emily, I'm so glad you're here today. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So before we jump into the meat of our episode and all the goodness that you're going to share, I would love for everybody first to just get to know you because of course, as I introduced you, I was very brief because I love for my guests to be able to share for themselves. So would you share with us, how did you become what you're doing now, right? You are a writer, you're a trainer, and you're a teacher, and now you're helping young writers prepare for their professional equine career. So give us a little bit of that history. What does that look like? Yeah, sure. Well, you got it. Let me jump back a little bit. So I grew up in Southeast Pennsylvania 
pony club background, doing a little bit of everything with horses from trail riding to eventing, little hunter jumper shows locally, polo cross, all of it. Uh, But as my riding continued, I got pretty involved in the eventing side of things. Ended up working for some big name riders, Courtney Cooper, who's involved in sales and imports, uh, Corinne Donkers uh, over in Belgium right before the London Olympics, Marsha Kulik in Florida. And so from an early age, I was really thinking, I want to go professional. I'm going to aim for U.S. teams in the eventing world, and I'm going to make this my career. And I was also that child years ago who put their foot down and refused to go to college because if you wanted to be a professional, you have no time for college. Anyway, my parents stepped in and said, hey, 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 you can do that, but you're on your own. So off to college, I went and uh, I went to Penn State and I, I found another love, actually, and that was agriculture. And that took me to a master's at University of Georgia working in global agriculture specifically. So after that, I spent a few years working for U.S. government and along with the private sector around the world, Mozambique, Rwanda, Haiti, to name a few, working on on global food security issues. And then that brought me back actually to where I am now, doing my PhD at Cornell University in data science for agriculture. So I had this and have been having this great, this great science career trajectory. But to be honest, there was this heart tug that I was just really not fulfilling the horse side of my passions. And that's when I started and launched my current teaching and training business in Upstate New York. Now my program here in New York, I have a, I have a dedicated group of clients, and it's known to be that entry point to the sport of eventing. Um, and uh, really, really enjoying that. So I'm doing that full-time with my, or I'm sorry, I'm doing that with my full-time science career. And so also during this time, I've been involved with uh, a Cornell Business School mentorship program. I've also spent some time working for a venture capitalist fund. You know, those are the folks that spend spend money investing in small startup companies. Think of that Uber, um, Airbnb. And they spend a lot of time identifying what makes a good entrepreneur and what's a successful business idea. And so I've spent a lot of time thinking about, about what makes what makes an equine entrepreneur successful. In the end, as equine business owners, we are entrepreneurs as well. So at the same time, I'm also, I've also personally seen a lot of other professionals find great personal success as well as financial success, but I've also seen others um, struggling, finding themselves in periods of debt and even leaving the industry. And so I've entered this space wanting to help riders find their version of pro and provide a strong introduction to the business mindset needed to be successful. And that's where I started this platform, the Rising Equestrian Pro. Okay, awesome. Yes, which we will definitely talk about um, a little bit more. And I shared about in your intro about that heart that you have, um, because this background, this experience that you now have is what has given you that passion to teach others, right? You've seen the difference it makes when you know what you want, 
um, and how people can start out from the beginning, right? As they're starting from scratch or for many of my audience members, they may not be starting from scratch. They may have already made the leap, so to speak. But what I love is the things that you're going to share that we'll get into in just a bit are really just foundational for all business owners, right? And professional equestrians, whichever that means for you, you're still a business owner. So talk a little bit about that. Exactly. So in fact, you don't, to be a professional, you don't need to ride at the highest levels of the sport to serve the equine industry. And in fact, we need prepared, successful equine professionals at all levels of the sport to keep it robust. If you think back to and just think about the, the people in your lives, in your listeners' lives who supported their course journey, a lot of times there's that one person or two, that instructor, and they're typically in the grassroots of our industry. And so when we think about going pro, sometimes our mental model, especially for young riders, is looking at those big successful professionals chasing U.S. teams, getting sponsorships. Uh, looking for owners, but that's not always the version of pro for everyone. So for me, 10 years ago, when I was that young rider, not wanting to go to college and, and going full, full blown professional, I, I ended up 10 years later, find myself where I am now in this version of pro that has this, that's great for me, this dual career profession that personally helps me keep my boundaries with my clients um, helps me have an, some additional stability. And so I, this is really where I am working with others to help find their own version of going pro. Perfect. Yes. Yeah, so I wanted to, to step into that for a second about that idea that going pro can look very different, right? So professional horse trainers, that may be their full time. It might be their side hustle, but they're still considered an equine professional, right? Or the readers, or like you said, the writers, um, the groomers, it can look so different. So the idea of going pro that you were talking about, what I love and the things that you're going to share really apply no matter what niche you're trying to get into inside of the equine industry. And it will look different for everybody. And the business models, like you just said, um, may look different as well. Um, but there is a path that we can all follow. There's a foundation that we can all set. And so I love that you're going to share some of those things that you have learned along the way um, that you are now starting to share with others. So I would love it if you would jump in. What are some of the things that you have been coaching and suggesting to other equine business owners that are going to help them have a successful entrepreneurial journey as a horse business owner from the start? Yes. So the first that I is always the start is define the career that you want. This relates to the lifestyle you want, the business type you want, meeting your own writing goals, your financial goals, location, being really realistic with yourself and defining what that looks like for you. And it's really all about defining that so that you can have this long-term well-being in the industry. And so, for example, for for me and for others looking at that dual profession, so part maybe part-time professional, there's a lot of benefits to that. But at the same time, we also realize those who have that type of business model realize we can't serve every type of client. For example, that client comes to us and says, hey, I need a lesson on the weekday morning. 
sorry, that's, that's not going to work. Hey, I, I could, I'd like to bring my horse into a full training program, possibly, but limited openings for that. But it's really putting your vision for your business and, and really your life in that business model. Um, the other, another good example, something that in a lot of ways we think is, is quite obvious, but especially for those entering into the profession or recently in the profession, even those who have been in it for quite a while, being strategic on, on location and what type of business and business niche you can have in a specific location. So for example, if your passion is starting loving to start young horses and getting them a, a great start and being that niche and people sending you horses, you don't necessarily need to be in outside a, a big metro area where it actually might have a higher cost of, of living and expenses and land land and taxes and so forth. Um, versus if you're very passionate about building up your lesson program, you do need access to a metro or, or an area you know, with residents and with the population to bring in those, those clients to really build a, a robust lesson program. And so being really strategic about one, do you want to be in a certain area to build a certain type of business or to be really reflective on the, on the area that you're in um, and, and build your niche and your business in that, with that mindset. So that's the first piece there. I love that. And I think what I noticed in that too, is um, that it helps you to narrow down your guesses and your nose, which you touched on. And I love that because when it gives you a funnel, like I like to talk about our why and how our why for our business, right. gives us a funnel to be able to say, okay, does this fit in this framework or not? And if not being okay, saying no, just like your example, being able to say no to a potential customer and being okay with that, because you've defined what you're going after. You define what success looks like for you. So I think that's beautiful. All right. Tell us number two. Yes. Number two is build your network, build that community of support, especially with other professionals. And I am very realistic that this can be very hard sometimes, but if we, if we lose that scarcity mindset and trust what we have to offer in our business, we are much better off building bridges in our community than trying to, to protect ourselves and our, and our business and seclude ourselves because at times this profession can be tough um, and having other professionals to lean on is really, is really critical again for this long-term well-being. So I'll give you a personal example. And I just had a baby, my first baby a couple months ago, and I really wanted to spend that first month at least with my, my baby. And I, reached out to another local professional in the area. And I said, Hey, can you, would you be willing to take my students for the month and my clients for the month and help them out? And, uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's hard to let go of these individuals <laughs> and these clients yeah. that you have met, invested mm -hmm. so much in, and you're just, you're just all in supporting them. And, um, but it gave me that precious personal time. And actually now she is in Florida for the winter and I am helping some of her clients that stayed North. Oh, wow. So, Look at that. I know. So it's returned and it's brought us a lot closer together. So that's been, that has been really helpful for me. And that's just a personal story. And then on that note, I mean, honestly, if you're in the same area in the same market, it is scary to talk business numbers with that person down the road that 
that may, yes, have be working in a similar market. But the internet and the use of social networks really allows us to build relationships in a community across the country. And so reach out, use those networks to reach out to someone across the country where if you feel comfortable really talking about how, how can I restructure these fees? How can I restructure my business? And what are you doing about this situation in your business? Um, and, and so use the, the digital resources that are out there as well to build that community of support. Yeah, I love that. That's such a great point about reaching out outside of your area if you're not comfortable or it's just in and, and even the idea of comfortable and even it mixed in with some wisdom, right? Because like you said, they're, you know, we're all smart business owners. And so you can look online and see somebody's prices, but to really be able to talk to somebody about how they set their prices and learn from them, you know, finding other successful um, programs that you want to model after maybe and reaching out to them. That's a great idea. Right. Right. Hey, I love that. All right. What is number three? Three is define your ideal timeline. So this speaks a little bit to those in the audience that may have not already made the leap into the industry, but there's two, two different points here is when, when do you jump into the profession? And there's one direction where it says, you know, delay and try to build up as much experience working with other professionals as possible. And I love this piece of advice, but the other piece I'd add to that is it's not only the person in their training approach that you want to build and expand on, is you also want to understand their business model. So work for someone that you, has a similar business model that you're interested in. Is it Are you focused more on uh, boarding and training? Would you like to focus more on teaching and coaching? And so find someone that that has that similar business model. The second is similar to what we were saying before is you don't necessarily have to ride at the highest levels of the sport to bring value to the market. And so you might feel that you it's best to actually jump in to the industry, start, find your market value, bring working at the grassroots level, and then use that opportunity and that positioning to continue riding at your, to reach your riding goals. So for example, that opportunity might build your network to, to speak with potential owners, to get on some different horses that might be able to get you to that higher, higher competition level or whatever your goals might be. And so again, this, this decision to find your own timeline is really for you. And there's no one way to do that, but just being very thoughtful and critical in the way that you line that out, align that out for yourself. Okay. I, I love that. And I will say for those of you that are listening that are saying, Denise, I've already, like my timeline's passed. I've already started my business. Um, that does not mean you can't take this tip and this idea and apply it to your existing business, right? So it may be looking at your ideal timeline for what's next in your business. So the idea here is just that idea of strategy and being intentional as you build your business, instead of just settling for where you're at and not thinking about what's next and what looking at other business models and maybe a direction that you're wanting to go. And even if you don't work with them one-on-one, right, you can learn so much from Mm -hmm. following people online these days, uh, whether they're doing YouTube marketing and that's something you're wanting to do. And so you start watching how other businesses are doing their YouTube marketing, or maybe it is emails, or maybe it's websites or social media or in-person events or all of these different things, right? You can learn from watching other business models and then still apply it to your existing business 
by keeping this, this tip from Emily that's so good about being reminded to define your timeline and it'll really help you to be strategic about, um, about your business. So I love that. Okay. We've got two. No, I'm sorry. We have one. We have one more. All right. What's our last one? Yeah. One more for us. Uh, last final one is get your business logistics in order. And so this this is related to bookkeeping, legal structures, marketing plan. The good thing, though, is you don't have to be an expert in all of these. Mm-hmm. We know that for a fact, equine businesses are, in fact, businesses. And they're on top of our day-to-day teaching, training, horse care activities. There are a lot of business operations to handle. And so my last piece of advice is, be exposed to these. And most of you who are already in the business are very familiar with these things. And, and when these one or, or multiple sections of, of these business operations seem to get overwhelming, reach out to people to help. For example, website creation. If you think, hey, I could really, I really need to update my website to really portray my expertise. What, what I want to be, to be very clear on what I can offer for people. It might be worth your initial investment to have someone to help you off and help you out in the front end. And ultimately that could really pay off later one saving you time, but really narrowing that, having that expert expertise to narrow down and uh, help you narrow down your market niche. And so that would ult- ultimately help pay off later. So just consider that. What do you need to do to continue improving your, your business operations, your business logistics, and uh, who might be able to help you out with that? Oh man, I feel like that could be its own podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> could be. Could be. You're so right. And, and there's so much that you, as you said, an equine business is a business. And that's one of the things I've talked about on this podcast as well is very often, you know, for many people, when we started out and we said a question professional, they're like, uh, I'm not really professional. This is just what I do for a living. That makes you a new question professional. That makes you a business owner. And so often horse business owners don't see themselves as a business owner or don't treat it as a business. But if you will, as you mentioned, you will see the long-term impact because you will be able to grow. You will be able to scale. You will be able to sleep better at night, frankly, um, because you know that you have a plan in place. You know that you have procedures. You know that you have these structures that you talked about, um, tax season comes and you're ready, right? I mean, all of those things, um, but treating it as a business is just so, so key. Um, And so often, overlooked because it is a little overwhelming because as you said, you have these other things, right? The things that you love to do, the horses and the lessons and all of that. And then you're going, okay, I'm so tired. How do I figure this out? But it's so important to structure your day and structure your life as a business owner so that you can have a sustainable horse business long-term, right? Because that's the goal um, to build something that you love. So I love these. Thank you so much, Emily. These were so helpful. And, and as we said, you know, your heart is definitely helping people figuring out what does it look like to go pro? What does it look like to become a professional? But I knew that the things that you were going to share today would be for that audience, but also for those people who are already in business to give them a sort of audit or checklist to look back and say, okay, what are some things that I could work on now that are going to help set me up for success Uh, long-term and later on in my business. So I really appreciate that. Is there anything else that you maybe 
want my listeners to know about how they can build their equine businesses? Well, thanks a lot. And I'll finish up with just this one thought. And like, like you said, this is really applicable for both those looking to go professional and those already deep in the business is get rid of comparison and be steadfast to your values for both you and your business and what you have to offer to the market. Uh, I saw, I ran across an interesting um, statistic lately. The American Horse Council noted that roughly 17% of U.S. households in the U.S. own horses or participate in horse activities. So 17%. And I realize that's not all in our discipline. I realize the horse industry is extremely diverse, but there are, this is a great place to find personal and financial success in the industry. If you are knowledge, which I'm sure you are, knowledge about what you're offering, fair, honest, organized with the business side of things. So strive for improvements with your business, but don't overwhelm yourself. I like to, I'll leave you with this, improve your business 1% every day. Just think 1% every day and that will get you closer and closer to your goals. I love that. That's such really good advice. 1% a day. That's so good. Okay. Well, as I mentioned, you love to teach others. So something that you haven't been able to mention yet, or haven't, we haven't touched on is that you have um, something that you are providing right now that the doors will be closing very soon because you are um, about to start. So you want to share a little bit about that with my audience? Sure. We host the Emerging Equestrian Professional Course. That I think would be really applicable to many of your audience members or those that you know. This course is for riders or recent professionals looking to get that behind the scenes look of the business side of a successful equine career. So, this is a, a live virtual course based around bringing in technical experts from the industry. So, bringing in that expert bookkeeper, that lawyer, someone to talk about business strategies, marketing, and then combining this with honest, frank conversations with current professionals. Sometimes we can work for months or even years for top riders, but we still don't get much exposure to the business side of things, their business approach, cost structures, client relationships. Uh, This course is, is also an opportunity for students to build that community of support that we were talking about with peers for other, or with peers for when they enter the industry. So registration is open for, for you or someone you know. Visit our website, risingequestrianpro.com, or always feel free to contact me directly with, with questions or for more details. Perfect. So that was what I was going to say next is I will have all that information in our show notes for today's episode, along with um, your Instagram and all of those things so that everybody can connect with you online as the Rising Equestrian Pro. Um, so I love that and I'm cheering for you and I love what you're doing to, um, feed into the equine industry and, and bring along those professionals that are coming in the next generation. So I think that's fantastic. So thank you so much, Emily, for sharing today. I really appreciate it. Yes, you're more than welcome. And thanks. Thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. 
What did I tell you? You can absolutely hear Emily's heart coming through. And I just love that because you all know that I love that we are here to serve, right? I really believe that as horse business owners, we are here to serve the people that we want to work with. And I think Emily is doing a really great job of that. So if you have any questions about anything that she shared, feel free to reach out. Of course, I will have links to Emily as well as the course that she mentioned over at stormlily.com slash 68 in case you are interested in that. That will also have a highlight reel of our conversation so that you can go and visit that information and connect with Emily online because I love to connect you all with each other. I love for us to support one another. And I think Emily is doing a great job and I so appreciate her. I'm excited actually. I get to be a part of her course and share some of the things that I've learned about marketing for horse businesses with her students. So if you do join her course, I will see you in there. All right. Okay. Thanks so much for joining me here on the podcast. I hope that it's been so helpful. And I will see you here again next week. In the meantime, of course, if this has been helpful to you, would you share with it? Share it with a friend, right? Just send them an email, send a text, share it from wherever you're listening, and go on to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Because what that does is it helps Apple Podcasts, believe it or not, to know hey, this is getting reviews. This is getting reviews from these types of people that listen to these types of podcasts. So I'm going to share it with more people. I know many of you, that's how you landed here on this podcast because it was recommended to you inside of Apple Podcasts. And so if you leave a review, that really is helpful. It will help more people to be able to find it and get information that's going to help them in their marketing journey. All right. I'm so grateful you're here. I hope you will join me again next week. In the meantime, have an awesome day. 